guys cool that you guys are back and listening to our podcast uh, this week I've got a really special guest Andrew who's gonna join us and we want to actually start talking about recognition and rewards uh, I think it's a it's a it's a really important topic to touch especially now when we are uh, all returning back into the office um, and, and and listening to the people uh, I, I speak lately uh, a lot of them are really enthusiastic of going back to the office but also a lot of them are disconnected from the office. And that has a major impact, I think, on, on companies and on our organizations. Uh, but before we start, Andrew, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. Really, really happy to be here. So I'm Andy, uh, founder, co-founder of uh, Beacon. So I've worked in senior positions for about 20 years across FMCG and finance um, in leadership positions and I founded Beacon really because I wanted to really explore leadership and development. Reward engagement is a real passion of mine. So uh, that's why I founded it. I wanted to help leaders, startups, et cetera, really explore that. So it's great that I've had the opportunity to talk to you today. So thank you. Cool, cool. Hey, uh, we, we spoke, I think, about a week uh, ago. And uh, yeah, of course, I did some investigation around uh, the, the whole topic. Um, maybe put some numbers forward as i think those numbers will be will will resonate with a lot of people on why this is actually so important um and i'm going to also be looking back at my experience um if you look at um there are basically three levels of how you can motivate someone as a leader the first one is you can focus on someone's strengths someone's really good at something how can you make that better how can you make them better had that exciting part. And um, I read a, a, a quite an old survey and they mentioned that if you focus on someone's strengths, the likelihood of the person becoming disengaged drops with a mere 1%. That's good. Huh? Yeah. But when you focus on someone's weaknesses, the likelihood of them getting disengaged is 22%. I don't want to add one thing on this one because it's actually quite funny. This week I spoke to one of my clients and she mentioned that they tended to invest in the weaknesses of their team members, things they wouldn't learn anyway. And they spent a lot of money on that, but they turned it around. They started investing in the strengths of people. And that example they gave in that they were trying to teach someone uh, to speak uh, English and Dutch, uh, French, uh, uh, the guy speaks French, and it actually didn't work. They spent a lot of money. So they turned it around. So they went to the team and they told three account managers to speak French. They already spoke French, uh, but now they got a French course. They picked it up quite easily. The benefit was that they, yeah, they had to train three people in, 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 in French, but the benefit was that now the whole team could communicate again. So they focused on the strengths. So we have two comparisons, but there's also the third one. If you focus on someone, uh, if you ignore basically a person because uh, you don't like them, they're not good enough or whatever, the likelihood of disengagement rises to 40%. Well, that 40% ends up at the water cooler. So I think these are really good statistics on, on why we wanna have this discussion today uh, and get you guys involved in what it actually means to look at recognition, reward and engagement and how that possibly could impact your bottom line or your top line growth. 
Andrew. Yeah, I think I think you've you've opened it up brilliantly. They're real hard hitting statistics, actually, aren't they? You know, when you look at rewards, I think you know, for me, when I started looking at reward as a whole, you look at extrinsic reward and the external reward, and that's ultimately pay, benefits, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately you look across the marketplace and they're all very similar. I can go from X here and the salary banding is, is pretty similar. I know I'm going to get X benefit. I'll get a company car or whatever. And, and actually it's not about that. People will sign on a dotted line for that, but the reason they stay, the reason they develop, the reason they become who they need to be is because they have a trust and they're empowered and they have a great culture and they believe in what the company's doing. And that for me is what intrinsic reward and engagement's about. And the bit you talked about, about essentially being your best. So when you invest in someone, I think we had the conversation last week where you said, the first thing you said to somebody is, how can I support you to do the best you can? What do you need from me to enable you to deliver what we need you to deliver? And that for me is that it's a, it's a psychological contract between someone that says, mm-hmm. I trust you, I recruited you, I've retained you because you've got amazing qualities and I want to bring them to life and I want to allow them to flourish. And that for me is what reward and engagement is. I think you're, you know, those three statistics summed it up beautifully. And uh, I, I just wish more leaders could, you know, have that thought process. Well, I think I think the the, the, the biggest challenge uh, uh, we have as leaders and within organizations is that we look at the reward perspective from how do we get someone in, uh, and uh, uh, I was reading up on this one, and I it's actually similar to something I, I read years ago when I got a training from our HR team, is that the initial pay you're going to get that 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 car and the stability. That's the safety part. Before you make a choice of moving to another company, you want to know if you're safe, if the organization is stable, if the organization can flourish, if uh, uh, they have a, a, a steady growth of people and not replacing of people. All that stuff is really important because it gives you that safety level. But safety level doesn't mean you will stay there for the longer term. And there's a massive difference between those two. I think you had a similar experience in one of your previous uh, employments. Uh, I did. Uh, that's, also probably the re- that's also the reason why you now <laughs> started <Yeah>. Beacon. <laughs> but maybe you want to share something about that. Yeah, you know, I think, I think you know, I work for a large, you know, multinational corporation. And essentially what, what you find is that the culture of business can be brilliant. You know, you can say the right things, but ultimately it becomes it a psychological contract or intrinsic reward ultimately goes from me to my leader or you know my immediate leader and that is where it's built and that is where you can create an amazing employee who stays for life who's extremely productive adds huge amount of value creates deals etc or you create someone who's disenfranchised the water cooler chat the person who does who exists just to come to work and just to to do what's necessary as opposed to doing what's right and adding value and, and you know that that in a nutshell is where for me I wanted to really experience reward and, and talk about reward and understand it mm-hmm. because when you see businesses which have brilliant rewards and brilliant cultures, they are the people that will grow, they will develop, and they will be sustainable. You know, it's it's really easy to create a business based on pure number driven. You know, you need to hit X Y Z, yep. but ultimately they fail 
because they're not looking after the people. And when we talk about burnout or the great resignation, which is happening at the moment or what, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's because ultimately these people have looked around and they've said, I don't feel psychologically connected. I don't feel part of the culture and the values of my organization, which is encompassed through my leader. So I want to find somebody else who can give me that. That's what I crave. You know, we are, as you said, our, our contracts of employment pay for our lives. They pay for our family's lifestyle, but that's not enough. That's not enough anymore. No, we spend more time that, at work than ever before. Yeah, I think most people who leave the, the company don't leave the company. They leave their leader. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, it's, it's generally not the company they leave their leader. Uh, uh, I've seen that with myself. I've seen it also with team members. Um, I have had, had moments in, in my career that people in my team were leaving uh, because of me. And I had to take a, a hard learning from that, especially in my, my early years as leader. Because I thought I was really good in doing something. I got promoted. I became the leader. And actually, I was not equipped or trained to really be a leader to get the most out of other people. I just knew the trick. And that's also a massive challenge I see in leadership. Uh, and I'm going to take it back to myself. And I think many of you guys are listening, and ladies, by the way, uh, uh, are listening. You have done a hell of a job when you were in sales or in operations or success or whatever job you had. But being good at something doesn't mean you're a good leader. Uh, and there, there, there are different levels to that. It's also how do you listen? I had team members coming up with ideas. Uh, it was late in my career when I figured out, wait a minute, I should not be telling them what they need to do. I just should be telling them where we need to go, what we want to achieve, and I would need to ask them how we will get there because that's a different perspective. And, and a lot of times uh, I was so surprised by, by, by the people that they came up with ideas and concepts. Some I really thought they were ridiculous and stupid. So I kept asking the why question. Uh, and I kept asking the difficult questions, but I never said it was a stupid idea. I just really wanted to understand if they felt comfortable and uh, uh, ready to engage on whatever uh, method they wanted to apply to achieve that certain goal. And the interesting part was that by doing that, 95, 98% of the, uh, the journeys they took actually delivered success. Maybe not the way I would have seen them doing it. Uh, maybe not the way I would have done it. But um, I didn't hire them to listen to me. I hired them because they could tell me how we could get somewhere. I'm not the specialist on everything. I just know where we want to go in our strategy and we need to figure out how we can do it as a team. So that's that, that intrinsic motivation. Um, a salary, giving someone an increased salary it's interesting, but they get that increased salary. They're happy for, they get that, 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 that feeling for about five minutes and then it's salary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing with buying a new car. You buy a new car it's a beautiful thing and all the options. But after you have showed it off for a week with your friends, it's just a car. <laughs> yeah. So you need it. You need a bit more. Uh, one of the things I, I really want to ask you is, um, I can opt from my experience, but my experience is just, yeah, it's my experience. What questions could people ask themselves um, and maybe their team members to understand better 
what kind of rewards will deliver the right engagement. Do you have an idea about that? Yeah, I think the first thing is to try and create a shared understanding of what you try and do. So get a really open and honest framework. So one of the questions that you can ask is, do you feel listened to? So being listened to also means, do I get an answer? So sometimes that isn't the answer you want to hear, right? You know, that, you know, leadership is not about providing everything every, every time they want something. It's about actually, I've listened to you, I've taken it in. And I've said, actually, we can or we can't, and this is why. So, you you know, do you feel I've told you a story about the why? Do I give you enough opportunities to have lead development? So, and that doesn't mean development to get promoted. That could be development because I want to try something different within the same banding or something like that. That's something like that. And it's, it's about, do you give me the autonomy to make decisions? Do you allow me the ability of feeling empowered? within a set of structures, you can't empower someone to write a contract if they have no idea how to do it, you know, what a contract is, but you can allow empowerment within a piece of a piece of it. And for me, it's around, does my manager share the same values as me? And that's a question you can ask. Do you believe we have the same intrinsic values? And that again, just allows the employee to have that conversation, which says yes or no. And this is how we can bridge that gap. Employee engagement and motivation is about that shared understanding, which says, I feel safe to talk to you and I feel safe that you're going to give me an answer. And I can go home and say, do you know what? I felt listened to today. And because of that, I want to come back and do more tomorrow. And, and that for me is a couple of key questions you can ask, which will help in drive your employee experience. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Because I think that's, a, that's the main struggle. Huh? Um how um, look you have different types of leadership styles that people have uh, I remember years ago we did a training around the, the I think we were 12 or 15 different leadership styles and we were assessing each other as as leadership team uh, some were um, they were running actually a production facility like a production facility there were hard KPIs on the volume of work etc etc and they were controlling those numbers really the numbers game Others were more dynamic. It was also depending, of course, on where you are in the in, in the, the, the operational process of your organization. Some processes are factory processes. Every yeah, you hour can't you finish XYZ. Yeah. You can't change that. But the, 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 the challenges a lot of us have is that you daring to ask that question, because that's also difficult for you as leader. Uh, we can say, okay, well, as leader, we have to do it for our people, vice versa. Um, to which extent do you dare to get that negative feedback? Do you dare to work with that negative feedback? Yeah. A lot of times when I speak to people I coach, they go, yeah, but look, it is what it is. We have to go there. We have to do that. Said, okay. By gathering that feedback, you can adapt. Yeah, but this has to be done. They get cluttered. Sometimes they, are, they have a fear of feedback. Yeah. Back to leadership. They have a fear of feedback. Like your people could have a fear of feedback. Is my boss liking me? Is, is is am I doing the right thing? Uh, that that fear, which results into asking a lot of questions and too many questions and not doing that much, and vice versa. Um, but how do how how can we help uh, people? Um, for instance, the people who are listening now. How can we help them overcome that fear? What would be the advantage for them of changing their way of communicating and doing with their teams, and vice versa? I think that it's a great question because ultimately that like you say 
as a leader, a lot of times you get to that position because you're really good and you don't want to hear, you know, how to change or what people need to hear. But ultimately it comes down to if you want to progress and adapt your organization, you're going to need some to take some feedback. Sometimes you can't change certain things. If you work in a field where a process needs to be done this way, then you can't immediately change it. And you just have to, in, that's the bit where you tell that story and you say, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to talk about it some more. However, right now we can't change it, but come up with me some ideas. We'll have a look. We can cost it. We can do whatever. It's about taking that feedback as it's meant to be given, which is a really, really engaging piece of feedback to improve the organization. When you elicit this type of feedback, it's about the employee saying, I want the business to be successful and this is my idea. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It means it's an opportunity to have a conversation to say, let's do this together. And I think, yeah. you know, back to my first point with how you used to lead, it's about how can we do this together? It's how are we, can we do this as a team, bearing in mind that ultimately everyone in the room has to know that at that point you were the leader. There were times when you would say, stop, no, we still have to do X. And I think you have to have that, you have to unlearn that top-down leadership approach, which says, I'm the boss, this is what we do. There's a time for that, absolutely. Don't don't discount that. But there's also a time for listening, empathizing, and learning. I think I think it's a good one. Hey, um, uh, uh, also a bit looking at the time, we're trying to give you uh, to give the people who are listening uh, a short and sassy advice and a bit of a bit of a fun chat. Um, we are now at the I, I, I I'm not allowed to say we are post COVID, but I'm going to be really really positive. We are ending the COVID cycle. We're going back to work. We're 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 trying to engage our teams again. Um, but we all know a lot of people are not engaged anymore. They have lost it. Yeah. During the COVID, because we couldn't see our people, we added processes. We added uh, 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 extra desks where you can add requests and follow it through a flow. We have been putting all that structure into our companies. And we may have lost that connection with our team members. If you look at post-COVID, people are coming back to the office. What are your top three engagement tips you could do? to get your people behind the cause of the company again, to get them involved in, 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 in the next step of growing the business again, from a positive perspective? I think the first thing is, I mean, it's an amazing question because so many people are doing that right now, aren't they? I think the first thing is actually, does the values or the purpose of the organization we have now fit what we, fit what we need to do? So that's the first thing is actually, does the previous aligned values or purpose that we had mm-hmm. Is that right for now? But actually engage your team around what should we do next? What does this post-COVID world look like? The second one is, is say to them, actually, some of the things we built into COVID, do you think they're necessary? Let's take a blank sheet of paper, let's do a blank model and say, right, okay, what do you like? What don't you like? Let's let's strip it out and say, okay, let's try this. And the third thing is, you know, it goes back to that, let's get really, really quick at feedback. So when you don't see something, let's say, Let's be in the room, stand by your decision, and let's have a conversation about it. I think the best thing through what COVID has taught us is the power of engaging people and having a conversation 
you know, a human conversation, mm-hmm. emails, text messages, WhatsApp, whatever we do, that's it's not the same as having a voice-to-voice, face-to-face, interpersonal relationship. And we need to start doing those again to build to build that empathy within ourselves. Yeah, I think this is a great one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put one thing forward because I uh, I I I hear one thing coming back is that again that engagement and the face to face and the communication. Um, for the people listening, if anyone tells me that they have not been able to engage face to face with their team members through a Zoom call or through a Teams call, um, I literally would say that you didn't do a good job because I think you really can. If you guys will be looking at this video on YouTube instead of listening to the podcast, you will see that Andy and I are engaging. Uh, we're mates on the other side. He's in the UK, I'm in Barcelona. We don't care. You can engage with the people you have, but you have to listen. Please just have to listen to, and, and giving them that space to, 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 to give that feedback, not being scared that there are repercussions. And I think a lot of us have learned that over the past months. Uh, on how to do that but if you really if you still struggle with that try and be more patient uh, in your calls try to listen a bit more instead of react uh, so listen not to respond but to learn uh, that's that's a key thing I want to give you guys back hey but looking at the time we're running out of time uh, these are really short podcasts so uh, I, I want to thank Angie for for sharing your knowledge um, if someone wants to learn more from you, wants to engage with you, how do they get into contact with you? And I think now we have a challenge because now the sound is freezing up. Andy is hanging uh, with his with his screen. Um, if you guys want to connect with Andy, what I will do is I will put um, a link below the post so you can connect with him. Um, and I will share some details uh, about Andy uh, in in this in this in this podcast. Uh, I'm going to thank Andy so much for for sharing his uh, experience and knowledge. Uh, I see he's now dropping off, so we will be touching back with him later. Um, if you want to know more about Andy, just let me know. And there he is; he's back. <laughs> so this is the technical part of recording podcasts via Zoom. Sometimes you need to improv- improvise. So uh, Andy, I was telling them I'm going to put a link to your uh, LinkedIn profile in uh, below the post and put a little bit of short bio around you. If they want to contact you, that's the best way of doing that. Um, Andy, uh, amazing, uh, amazing what you shared. I really loved it. And I think this really adds value to the community. Um, so guys, connect with him. This is a really great guy. Uh, you're gonna love him like I love him already, like a brother from my other mother uh, in the UK. That was a joke, by the way. So uh, I'm gonna wish you guys a lovely day, a lovely week. Um, have some fun. Try to have fun. Uh, that's the most important thing. And if you have fun with your team, all the other stuff will fall into place. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, mate. Take care. Thank you.